Hey everybody, welcome back to my living room. Thanks again for inviting me into yours. This has been a weird season, hasn't it? I know our time has been extended that we're sheltering in place and at the same time, I, I wanna encourage you, I have been pretty proud to be a Bay Area person during this season, have you? And I, everybody I call this week is staying at home. Every time I go outside on a walk, I don't see anybody there or I see people keeping social distance. I'm watching the curve and I feel like it's flattening. I feel like all of us are pitching in and doing our part and sacrificing a lot for the sake of the common good, which I know we didn't mean it to be this, but I feel like it's a really Christian thing to do. Now, this morning, we're gonna talk about self-sacrifice and living for the sake of others and becoming willing to be an others-centered person and a submissive person to the common good. And so it's actually really beautiful to be in a season where all of us have kind of decided together in this kind of social contract that we're going to band in together to do what's right to, to curb the spread of this virus. Now, at the same time, I know as we've been wrestling through this and maybe as you've been reading through the government mandates and, and all that kind of stuff, there's also a little bit of a twinge of, of fear inside of us in the midst of all of this. I think for many of us, there's a skepticism when it comes to giving our freedom away, isn't there? I think something about us, maybe if you're an American person, something about being an American, Americans love freedom, don't we? That's, that's like our thing. We are the land of the free. We wanna be people who are not encumbered. We like to have the freedom to do what we want, when we want, buy what we want, leave our house when we want, be with friends when we want. And so there's something that's just a little bit hesitant to let someone take away a piece of our freedom, even for a season. You know, we live in an era in human time when when independence and self-sufficiency and autonomy and progress is kind of the, the number one thing that we all go after together and love together. And so this whole season just feels weird to us as humans. And I think it's part of the human condition. We love freedom, we love autonomy. Even this passage we'll look at this morning is 2000 years ago, the Apostle Paul going to a church and telling them, you need to learn how to sacrifice your own freedom so that others might have life. And this morning I wanna talk a little bit about where that fear of letting go comes from. And I think there's some truth to this, that, that for many of us, the reason that we're scared to give our freedom away is because if we willingly give things away, we know there's a chance that we're not gonna get those things back again. I think of some of the narrative that's coming out on Facebook, maybe you've got some friends who are saying this or you're seeing folks in other states saying this, there's some skepticism of letting the government control what you do and where you go and who you talk to and how you do life because there's this fear that if we give that control to another power, we might not get control back again. And there's a real fear that controls the narrative there. Or you may be in a season where you're at work and you're realizing that you're doing okay financially. And, and so part of you as a Christian is compelled to go to your boss and say, you know what? If you're gonna cut someone's hours, cut mine. If you're gonna cut a shift, cut mine. If you're gonna take someone's salary down a notch, do that to me. I'm a Christian, I, I'm okay financially. I trust the Lord, right? But there's a fear there. Because you know that if you go to your boss and say, take this money out of my paycheck, there's a chance you're not gonna get that money back again someday. And so there's a fear to say yes in the moment because we know that there might be long-term consequences. 
I think of the people in our season who, who are going into the hospitals, nurses, doctors, all these different people who are saying, hey, I'll go in, I'll help. But if that's you, there's a little bit of a fear there of what's going to happen to me if I give away this part of me, my safety, my security, what might happen to me? There's a fear that if you give this away, it, it might have long-term consequences on your life. And if you you don't think you struggle with fear, that's fine. I'm going to do one little thought experiment for you. I'm going to give you a warning. You don't have to do anything with what I'm about to say. All I want you to do is kind of pay attention to your emotion when I tell you this story, okay? I had someone someone come to me this week and said, Danny, I've been wrestling as a Christian during this time. And I said, well, what's going on? They said, you know, I I just heard that we're going to get these stimulus checks from the government, but you know, honestly, my job hasn't been affected. I'm doing okay financially. I don't need extra money right now. I feel like as a Christian, I I don't feel like I should keep this money. I feel like I'm compelled to give it to the poor. I'm compelled to donate it. I'm compelled to help my neighbor. I don't think I could, in a good conscience, keep money when I don't need it and someone needs it more, right? Again, I'm not telling you to do anything, right? So, But some of you right now are kind of freaking out a little bit, aren't you? There's this like pre-conviction emotion of like, oh no, no, God, please do this. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to think about this because some of us are, are scared that if we start thinking even about what God might want us to do with unexpected financial gain, he's going to take it. <laughs> he's not going to give it back again. And you had plans for that money or you might need that money. And we don't like to give someone else control. Even if it's the God of the universe, we don't like to give someone control of what we do with our time, our money, our stuff. And the passage I want to look at this morning is, is from the book of Philippians. And if you've been with us uh, this week in our daily devotions, we meet here at 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. We've gone through the whole book of Philippians this week. I want to read a passage here that's probably familiar to you, but might mean something a little bit different in a season like the COVID-19 season. So this is Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to start us out by reading verses 3 and 4. Paul says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And we know that as Christians, God has called us to live an others-centered life. But the question I want to wrestle with as we approach this text this morning is this, how do we become willing to live for the good of others when everything in us wants to refuse now, how do we get over that fear, that hurdle, that unwillingness to let go when we know the right thing to do is to live our life for the service and sacrifice of our fellow man and woman? So we're going to look at that today. I want to open us up in prayer before we dive in. So bow your heads with me and let's start with a word of prayer. Father, we admit that as human beings, we are hesitant to sacrifice. And we know some of us have been forced to sacrifice. Some of us have chosen to sacrifice. But Lord, we admit that there's a lot of fear there. When we think about sacrificing our livelihood or our resources or our time or our safety, our security, our comfort, our independence, our reputation for the common good, Lord, we admit that it's hard for us. We pray that you would equip us as we look at this text to know how we can get better at this, how we can become willing to let go of our own agenda and devote our lives to the service of others. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what we're going to talk about this morning, I'm going to give you an alert. It's not rocket science. I'm going to give you the answer right now. And if you know how to do this, you're free to just 
Turn this off, right? Uh, here's the answer key for our sermon today. If you want to become willing to live for the good of others, here's all you got to do. Emulate Jesus. That's your answer. That's your Sunday school answer. That's your real answer. If you want to be willing to live for the good of others, emulate Jesus Christ. Right? I, I say it that way because we know this is easier said than done. But at the same time, this is what Paul says in this passage. In verse 5, he says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That's what you got to do. Emulate the mindset, the perspective, the vantage point of Jesus Christ himself. We see a similar sentiment if we go over a few books in the Bible to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. The author of Hebrews tells us about running the race ahead of us, forgetting what's behind and going after the goal. And he says this, let us run with perseverance the race set out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And the secret that Paul gives us of how to live an others-centered life, how to become willing to live for the good of other people, is simple. Emulate. Jesus. You know, the hard thing, obviously, with that is even though Jesus is the person that every human being in the world says they want to live like, when we really think about what it might mean to live like Jesus, none of us really want Jesus' life, do we? And Jesus was willing to sacrifice. Yes, right? He was willing to sacrifice his comfort. He was willing to sacrifice the fact that he didn't need a home, right? He didn't need money. He didn't need a job. Jesus said himself, I have nowhere to lay my head. I'm homeless. I just live for the good of other people. And it's beautiful and it's wonderful. But none of us really want to have that perspective. And Jesus was amazing at caring for folks. But when Jesus would care for folks, people would start hating him for it. Jesus saw issues in the world and he spoke truth to power and they crucified him for it. They hated Jesus. And Jesus said, if you follow me, they're going to hate you too. He had a perspective that was beautiful. But at the same time, he had a perspective that when we look at actually what it might have felt like to live his life, we think, okay, I don't know if I want to live a life like Jesus. Because Jesus was marginalized, and Jesus was poor, and Jesus was homeless, and Jesus was hated, and Jesus was crucified. What I love is we're taking baby steps with this this morning, is that Paul does not say emulate the complete self-sacrifice of Jesus. He starts here, Paul says, emulate the mindset of Jesus. And we've been talking a little bit about maybe what a mindset might be these last few weeks. We talked about our heart. How do we feel about things? We talked about our mind. How should we think about things? Kind of a mindset is kind of when your emotions and your thought process kind of all comes together and creates a perspective, an attitude, a vantage point, a position through which you see the world. And Paul says, when we look at the world and decide how to view the place around us, Let's look through the lens that's provided by Jesus Christ. And he gives us three things that Jesus did that provided a mindset for him that we can apply to our lives. The first thing that we see about Jesus' mindset is, is that Jesus had immense value. That's the first thing he says in this passage. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God. Right? I know that you are not in very nature God, and so you don't, your goal is not to think that you're God. But at the same time, he's saying, emulate this mindset. Jesus knew that he had immense value. And as I read this this week, I was thinking of Psalm 8. Psalm 8 kind of talks about how we feel as these puny human beings in God's big universe. The psalmist says, when I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man <laughs> that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? And then he says this, 
But you have made him a little lower than God, and you've crowned him with glory and majesty. And the psalmist realized as he looked at the immense beauty and majesty of God that we are very, very small in comparison. But then he had to wrestle with the fact that God has given us dignity. God has made us honorable. God has made us in his own image. And we do have immense value in the eyes of God. And the reason I bring this up is is because it's in this text. But I also bring this up because I feel like when we start talking about the humility of Jesus in this passage, it's very important that we see that it's not Jesus saying, oh, I don't matter. So it's all about others, right? We're not going to call you to say, you're dumb. You don't matter. You're worthless. And so just live your life serving others. That's not where it starts. It starts from a lofty place saying, I have immense value in the eyes of God. You are a child of God. You are an adopted son or daughter of the king of the universe. You will reign and rule forever with him in his kingdom. You have a huge value. And so serving other people is not because inherently you're a servant and you're worthless, but serving other people is an attitude, a mindset that comes from a really high place and then brings it down to the level that Jesus teaches us. We see that Jesus had immense value. And then number two, we see Jesus had a refusal to serve himself. Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. I think one of the important parts of learning how to take this perspective of Jesus on is realizing that you are valued, you are amazing in the eyes of God, you are created marvelously in the image of God. There are a lot of privileges that you have as a child of God, but the attitude of Jesus is that it's not our place to take advantage of privileges. Instead, it's our advantage to do the third thing, to commit ourselves in service of others. And one of the beautiful things that we see about Jesus is that he committed himself to serve other people. It says he did not consider equality with God something to be taken used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. What we see about Jesus in this passage is his immense value, his refusal to serve himself, and his commitment to serve others. And that kind of became the mindset of Jesus. It's funny, as I was was thinking about this, I I was thinking about the season that we're in, this COVID-19 season, and, and realized that the people that are the heroes in our community in this season are people who do this. It's the doctors, it's the nurses, it's the medical workers, it's those who go and clean these unsanitized areas who put themselves in harm's way. They have immense value. They went to medical school. They've got finances a lot of times, right? There are valuable people in the eyes of society. But in this season, they didn't decide to retire. They didn't decide to take a break. They didn't decide that this was the time that they were going to go to Cabo San Lucas, right? They decided instead during this very hard season in the history of the world that they were going to commit themselves to the service of others. They, they kind of came down off their position of privilege and said, you know what? I'm going to use everything that I've been given to go and sacrifice myself potentially so that other people might be healed. Other people might be cared for. Other people might have life. I think there's something in us that understands that, that the people who are emulatable in this world are the people who look most like Jesus, who understand their value but don't take advantage of it. Instead, they humbly submit themselves in service to others. And the question I want to ask you as we walk through this text together is, what would it look like for you to emulate the attitude of Christ in this season? And what would it look like for you to say, you know what, I've got resources, but you know what, I'm not going to take advantage of them. They exist to serve others. 
What would it look like for you to say, you know what, I've got some training. I'm going to use it in service of the people who need it. I've got a home. I'm going to use it to serve someone. I've got these spiritual gifts. I'm going to use it to serve someone. I've got this perspective. I'm going to use it to help someone. I've got this burden on my heart. I'm going to leverage it for the kingdom of God. I'm going to spend this time serving other people. Yeah, I can do anything right now, but it's not about me. It's about you. It's about you. It's about you. It's about everyone else other than myself. And Jesus was a beautiful example of someone who lived an others-centered life. And Paul says, in your relationships with one another, adopt that mindset. Have that perspective. Let that be the vantage point through which you live in this world. I know you might be thinking about some things that you can do along these lines, and that's when the fear starts coming back again, doesn't it? You think about, okay, I could use my resources this way, and, and you feel that nervousness of, of okay, what's going to happen to me? You think about putting yourself in harm's way as a medical worker, maybe, and going to serve others, and, well, what if I contract the virus, right? And, and all those fears start coming back. I want to tell you, if you're struggling with fear around this concept, number one, you are not alone in that fear. We all have fear around sacrificing ourselves for the common good. But number two, the reason that you have fears around this is because the things that you fear are actually very likely to happen to you. And if you go to your boss and say, hey, cut my hours, it's very likely your boss is going to cut your hours and there's a likelihood you're not going to get them back. And if you go and say, hey, I'll be the one who's going to clean up the ER at work, there's a likelihood you're going to be deployed in there. And there's a likelihood you're going to get coronavirus as you clean up after these people. That It's likely. That's why you're scared. I think one of the reasons we fear is because fear is our response at looking at the future and realizing, I don't want that to happen. And so the fear that we feel is not an illegitimate fear. It's based on truth. Right, look at this passage. Jesus was amazing. He did not consider equality with God something to grasp. He humbled himself. He made himself a servant. And in verse 8 it says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. As Jesus adopted this vantage point that God calls us to adopt, it cost him his life. He was forsaken by mankind. The sin of the world was placed on his shoulders. He was crucified and agonized in pain because he adopted an others-centered worldview. He sacrificed himself literally for the good of humankind. <laughs> the question that arises is, why would anyone want to sacrifice themselves for others when the fears that we feel are real? I think we get an answer to this as we look at the scriptures, even Hebrews chapter 12, which we read a little bit of before, tells us why Jesus was willing to do this. It says, fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And the reason that Jesus was willing to sacrifice himself was he saw something on the other side of the sacrifice that was beautiful. And we see the same thing as we look at this passage in Philippians 2. It says, He became obedient to death, death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. There, there's some real fear around what happens if we sacrifice ourselves for others. But Christians have this perspective that we can look on the other side of fear 
and find joy in the resurrection, joy in giving, joy in sacrificing, joy in serving. And the thing that I see as I look at this text is that sacrificing everything makes sense when you believe you will live forever. Jesus had this eternal vantage point, and so sacrificing himself for the sake of others made sense. But if you're a Christian and you believe in the resurrection and you're wrestling with, well, what happens if I go to work as a medical worker and I contract coronavirus and I die? Well, then you go to heaven for eternity and sacrificing yourself in this momentary part of the world makes sense in the scheme of the next billions and billions of years. Or the eternal perspective, the resurrection perspective that we have as Christians fuels us to live a sacrificial life on this earth. And we only get a few years here. And it's almost like God has said, use these years to sacrifice everything you have for the service of those around you. Bring the gospel to people. Bring love to people. Bring help to people. Bring my goodness to people. And it might cost you everything. But you're only here for a little bit of time. (laughs) And so extinguish the resources that I've given you before you're extinguished and you come with me to live forever. And one, one of the people that I emulate in the world is someone who really lives uh, or lived this way. He's passed away, but uh, someone who's a godly person, a wise person, uh, just a really good perspective on a lot of things. And I remember one time he said this passing comment that, that stuck with me. He said, you know what, Danny? When I die, I don't want to have anything left in my bank account when Jesus comes. And I just feel like God has given me all of these resources and I feel like it doesn't make sense to die with them still sitting there. Like my job on this earth is to figure out how to get rid of them as fast as possible because Jesus could come at any moment. I know there's some fear there. It seems like there might be some foolishness there, but I'm telling you this person that I watched as they lived their life, they lived out a life like that. They just gave away and gave away and gave away because they truly believed that this life we have on this planet is so short And there's only a little bit of time to do good and serve others and bring folks to Jesus before he returns. If you're wondering how to become willing, it's just as easy as like the answer book answer I gave you at the beginning of the sermon. If you want to learn how to become willing to sacrifice yourself for others, here's how to do it. Sacrifice yourself for the service of others. That's all it is. Or you've got opportunities right now where God might have given you a chance to do something good for somebody else who needs it. Do it. God might have laid a burden on your heart that you need to give some resources to someone or give some time to someone or pick up the phone and call someone. Do it. God might have given you some gifts to be used in this season. God might be putting a burden on your heart to extend in this season. Do what God has called you to do. And I'll tell you right now, there's a chance that you're going to give something away and it's not going to come back to you. There's a chance you give something away and God returns tenfold. Yeah, absolutely. But there's a chance that as you sacrifice yourself, you lose things in the process. But what God has called us to do as we follow him in this earth is to continually learn how to sacrifice anything that he's handed to us and hand it off to somebody who needs it more. The Bible word for that is stewardship. Stewardship is realizing that anything that we have in our lives have been put there by Jesus. And it's our job to figure out, God, why do I have this time? Why do I have this money? Why do I have this season? Why do I, why am I sheltering in place? Why do I have these kids? Why do I have this house? Why do I have this job? Why do I have this layoff? Why do I have whatever I have? And asking the question, God, why have you given this to me? God, is there someone who needs it? Is there someone I can serve with this? Is there someone I can bless with this? Can I serve you with what you've placed into my hands? Now, as you become willing 
to sacrifice yourself so that others might have life, you'll find that you become increasingly willing to sacrifice yourself so that others might have life. And you'll find more than anything else that you begin to look more and more like Jesus. So adopt his mindset, adopt the way he views the world and realize that Jesus is the one that we're following and we're going to be with him forever and ever and ever. Now this morning, we kind of said at the beginning, we're going to take a moment here to receive the communion meal together. And I'm really excited about that, especially in a message like this, because one of the things that's really easy to do is that we hear a message like this and we want to go out and look like Jesus in the way that we live. And we forget that Jesus is the one that is way more valuable and important than us in any of this, right? And so the communion meal is a time for us to, to receive what God has given us, this bread and this cup, and to hold it in our hands and realize that God gave himself for our life. That Jesus came to this earth, he lived a perfect life, and then he willingly gave up his life. He sacrificed himself in service of us all. So that if you believe in Jesus, this bread that you hold reminds you that his body was given for you on the cross. This cup that you hold, that you drink from, reminds you that you experience a new covenant because Christ's blood was poured out for you. And you realize in humility in this moment that as much as you want to go live and serve Jesus, you will never be able to serve Jesus more than he has served you. His was the ultimate sacrifice. His is the ultimate other-centered gesture. His sacrifice on the cross paid for all sin. And so when we go to do good in our community, we are not at all trying to earn God's favor. We're not trying to win people over. What we're trying to do is model what was done for us when Jesus gave himself for us on the cross. And this Friday, as we experience Good Friday and our service at five o'clock on Friday together, we'll We'll talk a little bit more about the death of Christ. On Easter Sunday, we're going to celebrate his resurrection. But as we close in this worship time now, if you've got bread, if you've got juice, go prepare that. Don't eat it yet. But if you're a believer, if you've got Christians in your household, pass it around. And and we're going to take a break from singing in just a minute. Hold the bread in your hand and be ready to drink the cup. And I'll come back and I'll lead us in communion in just a moment.